Yesterday we had an awesome interview with Eric Morse, a former Canadian diplomat who was involved in the boycott of the Moscow Games in 1980, and we were discussing the situation around the Chinese Olympics coming up in Beijing uh, next February. And uh, once again, there's talk of boycotts, diplomatic boycotts, and all the rest following... um, well, it can only be called the disappearing of a Chinese tennis star who made some allegations about a high-ranking Chinese government official and um, then vanished for a couple of weeks. We've seen some limited appearances since then, but it's raising a lot of questions, and we always talk about human rights and, and the behavior of the Chinese government and people really raising the alarm once again. So we're going to get into that and get some more details on what happened there and what kind of message it sends. We're going to chat with Ian Bennett, who is the assistant director for the Paul and Marsha Wythe Center, on Contemporary China at Princeton University. Jan, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me. Um, Uh, I just want to say my cousin Mike in Edmonton says hello. He loves your show. Oh, really? Mike in Edmonton. Hi, Mike. How did you end up in Princeton (laughs) with a cousin in Edmonton? That's a long way away. Uh, uh, We originated from Hong Kong. Uh, He was born in Canada. I have a ton of relatives in Edmonton. So there my you other go. cousin Bernie says that uh, the Calgary Flames are doing very well in the Western Conference right now. So. They are doing extremely well in the Western Conference. They are. They're uh, they're a good team, a really good hockey team. Oilers are doing pretty well too. It's good times for Alberta hockey fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we take a look at the situation <laughs> regarding um, Ping, um, just let's get into mm-hmm. the background here. Basically, she made some pretty damning allegations about a, a former high-ranking member of the Chinese government. Correct. That's right. Um, so I can, uh, so apparently they had a relationship. It, it's been at least 10 years. Um, we don't know how it, it initially started, but, um, a few years ago she was, uh, talked into having sex with him again. Um, and she, in her, uh, now deleted social media post, uh, on, uh, the Chinese, uh, social media site Weibo, um, she said that the wife kept watch. Um, she was crying the entire time. Um, and she acknowledged in the post that, you know, what she was saying was dangerous. Um, and she expected that it would be deleted. Um, and that's what happened. The post was almost immediately deleted by the um, Chinese government censorship team. And she was basically disappeared by the Chinese government for speaking out against this official whose name is John Gali. Um, and, which means that she spoke out indirectly against the Chinese government. Okay, now when we talk about this disappearing, um, I mean, it's not uncommon in China. Right? Basically what happens is she just vanished. Now she resurfaced after intense international pressure, but this practice of disappearing yes. someone, it's not new, is it? No, um, it happened to Jack Ma. He's the yep. Alibaba find, uh, founder. Uh, he, he was also the richest man in China. Uh, he was disappeared for criticizing the uh, Chinese government for its financial industry, management of the financial financial industry. Um, subsequently, his uh, aunt uh, group IPO was canceled, and then his assets were uh, disassembled and given to government um, government entities. So now he's no longer the richest man in China. Uh, Fan Bingbing, she's a she's an internationally known movie star. I think she starred in X Files. Um, she was disappeared for being too immodest. Um, it, uh, you know, her her glamorous lifestyle right. wasn't in line with Chinese socialist values. And then, you know, they trumped up a charge of it was legitimate uh, of tax evasion. She had 
um, you know, two contracts. One was the what her, she was actually paid, and then the other one is what they gave to the Chinese government or the Chinese IRS um, um, for tax purposes. So when what the the it seems to me it's more than just punishing the person involved. It sends a message too, right? Like if you step out of line, if you're critical of the Chinese regime, these kind of consequences await you. Is it is it more about sending a message than punishing in some cases? Um, yes, it is a message, especially it, it's a domestic message, not necessarily yeah. towards the international community, but um, it tells people that they can't step out of line um, and that they are they're saying the Chinese government is saying that no matter how high you get, no matter how, how famous you are, you're not immune to the reach of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, the other message that is being sent is that the welfare of the Chinese Communist Party is more important than the welfare of the Chinese people. Um, activism in general has become incredibly difficult uh, to those who are seeking things like gender equality um, and freedom of speech rights. Uh, They're being silenced by the government and thrown in jail. Um, there was a recent journalist, a citizen journalist. She's actually a lawyer. Uh, she was covering the, the Wuhan um, uh, COVID outbreak, um, and she's been jailed for the crime of picking quarrels and causing trouble, wow. which <laughs> I'm a lawyer. That's not a, that's not a, <laughs> that's not a crime. I'm sorry. But, you know, they're using these, they're using law as a weapon against the people, and uh, it's silencing the people um, for, for the welfare of the Chinese Communist Party, basically. And, um, you and know, that's the message. And, and the thing is, like, you're talking about Jack Ma, you're talking about this international mm -hmm. tennis star, so it's pretty clear that nobody is beyond the reach of the Chinese government. And, you know, fame, fortune, doesn't matter what it is, there's no protection if you step out of line. That's correct. Um, I think it even happened to um, the other movie star, Jackie Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, yeah. I think his name is. Um, I think it it happened to him as well. You know, when they become that rich and powerful, um, they are used as examples because you know they want to show the Chinese people that the Chinese Communist Party is in control, not you know, yeah. not these people. So, so why um, did she reemerge? Why did she show up at that state-sponsored youth tennis event? I mean, was it the intense international pressure, or um, what, what's your thoughts around it that? It was. It was. Um, but I think it was a very naive attempt um, by the propaganda machine in China to show that, oh, she's okay. You yeah. Know, here she is. She's having dinner with friends. Here she is talking, you know, it was a screenshot of... Um, her talking to the uh, the the director of the um, international Olympic team, our Olympic committee. Um, you know, here she is. You know, talking to this uh, I forget his name. Um, talking to him on on a video call, and you know, she she claims in, in the video call of which we don't have a transcript or uh, a recording. Um, you know, she's okay, she's safe, but she wants everyone to respect her privacy, which hmm. is a very odd thing to say, it given is. what she had done. I mean, she made a very public claim of being sexually abused um, by by this um, former high-level official. Um, why why would she want her privacy respected suddenly right now? That makes no sense. Um, um, 
Let's try and, and I don't know if you can answer this question, because we had a discussion yesterday with a former diplomat from uh, Canada's government that um, said, you know what, by sending our athletes over there, we're putting them at risk of this, especially if we go to a diplomatic boycott. I mean, we know we've had Canadians imprisoned in China uh, on trumped-up charges Mm -hmm. and things like that, so it's not just Chinese citizens that can end up, you know, swept into the system like that. Do you think there is a risk holding the Olympics there that some of these high-profile athletes may fall victim to this kind of activity? Um, to smaller nations, uh, I think that might be a problem uh, because, you know, China has been using trade as a weapon against Australia, for example, uh, many smaller nations um, that, you know, in, in retaliation for the, the Huawei um, executive, you know, they imprisoned two Canadians. Um, unfortunately, that. It's a possibility. I wouldn't say that it's a very strong possibility because there's a lot of attention on the Olympics, right? Oh, huge, Um, huge. So, yeah. So it's unlikely that, you know, the Chinese government would be so inept to to jail a bunch of uh, uh, Olympic athletes, you know, on trumped-up charges. But it's, you know, it's not a 0% chance either. You know, when we when we had some of these situations, it really seemed like the Chinese government didn't care what the international community said or thought. It didn't really matter to them. It's a little bit different with Peng. Um, so they are at least somewhat swayed by international pressure, at least if there's an Olympics looming. Is there anything the international community can do to try and fight back against this kind of activity? Um, so we need to stop uh, kind of enabling China in the sense... Um, you know, we buy their products, we go to their Olympics, um, you know, we continue to do uh, trade and commerce with them. Um, I think the reason why this situation is different is because the Women's uh, Tennis Association, they've come out and said that they will pull out of China if, you know, if a, no, unless an objective investigation takes place without, cens- without censorship. So that's the difference. Right. Yeah. Um, there's they've they've placed economics at stake and China is reacting to that. Um, it's and also too, um, China's international stature is linked to how well its athletes do in international form. Right. So it, it's beginning to see that, uh, you know, its actions are linked to all these other things. It's very complicated. Right. There. Yeah. It's not just, uh, you know. I do this, you do that. It's um, There's a lot more at stake and at play. I think they're beginning to realize that, especially with this. And now that, you know, the United States is saying that they'll do a, a diplomatic boycott of uh, the Olympics, they're not going to send, you know, President Biden. Um, a larger step that uh, governments could take is just boycotting the Olympics altogether. Right. I, I know that puts... That's very. That would be very unfortunate to some athletes who, you know, this is their only chance to go to the Olympics and, and win a gold medal. Um, so I don't, you know, I, I find that very unlikely. I, I doubt governments will do that, especially to their own athletes who have been training for years and years to to go to the Olympics and hopefully win, you know, uh, uh, a gold medal. But um, that would be a signal. That that would that would send a, a message. Signal. Yes, uh, something like that. Um, you know, everyone can talk about Trump, but the trade war with China, it has, it has legitimate reasons, <laughs> uh, um, you know, to, to say,
sanction China for for intellectual property violations, oh, sure. for inequitable trade uh, relationships, and so on. Uh, there were reasons for it. Um, the, the way he did it, of course, that's you know that that's probably what is is you know what is so distasteful um, to everyone. But um, those kind of things matter, you know, um, sanctioning China, pulling out trade, um, uh, putting high tariffs on Chinese goods. Uh, those are the things that, that can have an impact. It's just a matter of national willingness, yeah. however, to do those things because they're painful. Look at what Australia is suffering right now. Oh, you know, yeah. They're paying a huge price. Millions of dollars. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And. You know, in Canada, it's, and China is a huge trade partner with Canada, too. So, you know, what's Canada going to do? Um, and those are very difficult political decisions to make. Um, I wouldn't want to be a politician right now. No, and, and we know it, they just the, the economic might that they have. Yeah, and great insight. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you. And um uh, you guys be well. I hear it's like one degree Celsius there right now. Yeah, it is. It, it's uh, we had freezing rain uh, through much of the central part of the province. We've got winter storm warnings in the mountain parks and wind warnings down south. So you're not missing anything. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Yan. Um, but you know what? All in all, yeah, all those things are true. But the fact of the matter is, the forecast looks really good. I mean, well above average. So. It's November in Alberta. The morning can be awful and the afternoon can be beautiful. And that might be exactly how it's playing out right now.